Hey, Mom. Mm-hmm. Is your portfolio optimized for long-term growth so I can attend the college of my choice? When everyone depends on you, it helps to have someone to turn to. With J.P. Morgan Personal Advisors, get a personalized financial plan and access to a team of advisors. They'll help keep your investments on track so you can keep everyone on track. Will my allowance cover tuition? Learn more at jpmorgan.com slash personaladvisors. J.P. Morgan Wealth Management offers investment products and services through J.P. Morgan Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC.
At Metro by T-Mobile, new and existing customers get MLS Season Pass on us. Now on the Apple TV app. Don't miss your favorite soccer matches, including playoffs and bonus content. Every match with no blackouts. What's not to love? I love it. Get MLS Season Pass on us. And when you switch to Metro, get four lines of 5G for just $25 a line. Only at Metro. Eligible portents and MLS Season Pass required. Restrictions apply. See store or MetroByTMobile.com for details. Game presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, we were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. A scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of gain flings. And now, for a limited time, get $10 back when you spend 30 
Including this old person. You're hot. I'm a hot mic. Hey, everybody. Okay. I, I told her, I said, we got to get this party started before the old people fall asleep. And then I thought, I am the old people. <laughs> Me too. I'm the one that'll fall asleep. Okay. So, but before we get to know Casey, we, we, we're doing the Ten Commandments from Jen Wilkins' book, Ten Words to Live By. We started it, this is our second year. We did five last year. So how many would that be this year? Five? Yeah. Now, do y'all remember who that we had to come? Has any, any woman been here for all, this is the ninth one. Has anybody been here for all nine? Oh, look at y'all. Lynn? Peggy and Margaret? Look at y'all. Okay, great. So what we want y'all to do is to say the Ten Commandments in order. <laughs> Lynn can do it because third grade. So the first commandment, have no, have no other gods. Okay. No graven image. The name. So we had John Sartell, Nancy Holcomb, Sean Lucas, Matt Howell, Amanda Elizonda, she's a Bible teacher at Harvest. Mary Wilson Hannah, Ronnie Stevens, Matt Howell, Casey Cockrum. Man, I should just leave after those names, oh heavens. I, I, Big time. Can you handle it? No. And then we have one more dinner in April with Leslie Janikowski. And don't she's miss so that scared, one. she couldn't even come tonight. I don't even see her. Don't miss that one. Yeah, that, don't miss it. Okay, so in this... Uh, Truth for Life by Alistair Begg. He said, I, I got to share us one sentence on the Ten Commandments. I don't even need this mic. Uh, the, uh, the Ten Commandments are not a formal list of do's and don'ts given to restrict our personal freedom. God is not a cosmic killjoy. In fact, if you wanted to provide a heading for the Ten Commandments, you could call them guidelines for freedom. How about that? How about that? Ever thought about that? Uh, all right, now, so, so we're on the ninth commandment tonight. I hope that's what you're on. I hope so. <laughs> okay, good. It's too late. I'm going to wing it. So this is, how we, we, this is how we like to introduce people. Would you rather do the dishes or would you rather do laundry? Well, I do neither. My husband does both. But um, I will say I would rather do the dishes. Than laundry? Yes. Would you rather... Um, have something salty, or would you have rather have something sweet to salty. eat? Salty. Salty. All right, good. Uh, would you rather go hunting or go fishing? Hunting. Oh. Well, how many other hunters are in here? <laughs> All right. All right. We can work on that. <laughs> we can work on that. How many want to go hunting? We can work on that too. You got well. You got Kim Larue. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that we'll, we'll scare the deer Kim, off. Kim, you can't go because you had to be quiet, and at, when, <laughs> uh, the duck or the deer will not come, and you will never make it. Okay. All right. Now, would would you rather stay up late or sleep in late? Uh, sleep in late. Oh. Okay. And would you rather read a book or would you rather go to a movie? Read a book. Oh. 
Okay. Would you rather Would you rather watch Mississippi State baseball or Mississippi State football? Football. Okay. And would you rather be here tonight, or would you rather be in the at the Grizzlies? Is the Grizzlies tonight? Be here. Okay. For sure. We're so glad you're here. That's why I'm here. Casey grew up in Meridian, Mississippi. Went to the university. Well, Mississippi State University. <laughs> The you, university. Yeah. <laughs> Any other bulldogs? Yeah, we got some bulldogs in here. I didn't know you were a bulldog. Uh, then you went to work for? RUF at the University of Memphis. Okay. And then went back to grad school? At the University of Memphis. Got your master's in? What? Counseling. So you, when you're the only woman out there hunting, you could counsel yourself. That's right. I <laughs> need okay. it. It's okay. This is okay. I'm Okay. Okay, without much further ado, let's get on with the Ninth Commandment and Casey Cockrum. Thank you. No, nobody funnier than Lisa. Thank you all so much for being here on a Tuesday night. I know there are a lot of other things you could be doing, but I'm praying that the Lord will meet us in this time tonight. Can you all hear me Okay. Meet us in this time tonight and help us think through what does it mean to honor the ninth commandment. When Lisa first asked me to do this, I think it was maybe sometime this summer, and I said, sure, and then she said it's the ninth commandment. I was like, dadgummit, can't you give me another one that maybe I don't struggle with as much? This one just cuts to the chase. You start thinking about how can something this small, the tongue, cause so much damage? And the reason it can cause so much damage is because it's connected to this, to our hearts. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so this little thing has the ability to bless or to curse. And I I think what I've seen in my 47 years of life is that for Christians, this commandment is um, sneaky because you think, well, you start clicking through, honor the Sabbath. You start listing all these things. Honor your father and mother, you know, all the things. You're like, I got it, I got it. You get to the ninth and you're like, huh, crickets. This one cuts for all of us. Every single one of us fails at this commandment. And yet the hope of Jesus. So tonight, as we unpack this, don't leave here hearing about how hard it is to tame your tongue and mess that Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Oh, um, it's just such beautiful truth to think about the hope of the gospel. So let's unpack it for a little bit. Okay, I have two points. I'm not three-pointing it tonight. Two points. The beauty of truth is, is our main thing, but we're going to look at struggle and hope in beauty, the hope and the beauty of the truth. So... Um, Let's start by reading Exodus 20, if you have your Bibles. We're going to read two passages, Exodus 20, 16, and Ephesians 4, 25. As we're turning there, I want us to think about the fact that our hearts desire to manipulate at all costs. You're like, wait, why did I come here on a Tuesday night to hear how wretched my heart is? Our hearts desire to manipulate, and we will do it at all cost, whether we love Jesus or we don't. 
And the invitation for us tonight is to look to Jesus and put to death the sin of our um, gossip, slander, backbiting, and come to him, run to him. So here, let's start here. Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Okay, let's pray for our time. Holy Father, precious Son, and very near Spirit, our hope is in you as we unpack um, with hopefully real honesty the depths of our sin struggles with our tongues, how we have borne false witness against our neighbor, how we have slandered even our own fellow believers in this church, how we have covered up uh, gossip in the name of a prayer prayer request. Oh, Father, um, we are guilty, and yet in Jesus we are washed clean. Would you use the words of my mouth for your glory and for our good? Would you have us leave here tonight falling more deeply in love with our Savior? May we see one another in the image of God as you have made us. That's our hope, is the Lord Jesus, that we see people in your image. That's our hope. The the hope of being daughters of the King. Father, would would you bore that down into our hearts tonight so that we would love you more? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I don't know, have any of you read... Um, Just Mercy, and there was a book club that, raise your hand if you've read that, or seen the movie. Okay. Highly recommend it. So the the premise of the movie and the book, book first, book is so good, the movie's great too, but Brian Stevenson is an attorney who his main mission, Just Mercy talks about a lot of things, but the main mission is to get a man named Walter McMillan off of death row. Walter McMillan is accused of murdering a woman in Monroeville, Alabama. And there's all these cover-ups and these false testimonies that happen throughout the book and throughout the movie and throughout the trial. Even guards at the prison are are lying and deceptive. And as you follow, follow along in the story, it's just deception, deception, deception. And... Nobody wants to take on this case. And Brian Stevens says, says I, he is innocent. I'm going to fight for him. And so you may have seen the 60 Minutes uh, special with Brian Stevenson on there. And Brian, he, he gets enough public recogni- recognition for Walter McMillan and gets him off of death row. And he fights and he pulls all these d- bits of information out. And it's like, that's a lie. That's a lie. This person said that Walter McMillan did it so he could save himself and so he could get out of prison and get a shorter sentence. So you watch all this and you watch the deception and you may think, okay, why are you telling me about a court case? This is not a court case. But y'all, do not bear false witness. It's a legal term. So when we think about our heart's desire is to manipulate, we have to wrestle with these lies that are deep down in our soul 
these guys and these women who were speaking false truths against uh, Walter McMillan, they didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I think I'm going to lie and keep this man on death row. But over time, these lies just became more comfortable. That's us. We in this women, this room, we women in this room at IPC, our heart's desire is to manipulate at all costs. If you don't believe me, just bear with me, okay? Let's read it again. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Bearing witness is a thing that if, if you think about it, it's not just a court term. It's bearing false witness happens inside a courtroom and outside of a courtroom. What we're learning is about the heart behind the lie. Why did they say, hey, Walter McMillan did it, I'm free? Because it, the, the lie is it, a seed that's planted. So I want you to think about for yourself, what is something, what is a lie, and this is going to be hard, you don't have to think about it fully right now, but just put it in your mind. What's the lie that you have watched just grow over time? I'll give you an example of mine, one of mine, just one of them, and I'm giving you an easy one because I can because I'm getting to teach, so I get to hide behind this. But when I was in eighth grade, spend the night parties were a, a big deal. I, I think I was, I was, let me think about this, 14 years old, and we weren't driving yet. We did drive at 15 in Mississippi, which, bless it, my poor parents. I don't even know how they survived. But we went to the movies one night. It was a bunch of girls. And we piled into my friend's mom's Suburban. And she's driving us home from the movies. There's eight of us in there. Because, you know, we didn't care about seatbelts. We're just packed to the gills in there. She's driving us home. But she's driving to my house. And she said, Casey, why are you not going to Kathleen's house. And I panicked. She's like, you're not spending the night at Kathleen's house tonight? And I went, no, I'm running with my dad in the morning, so I have to get home. I was so washed in shame and sadness and kind of panic because I was the only one in the friend group that wasn't invited to the sleepover that I immediately lied out of self-protection. And I didn't just lie in a box. Yo, I mean, I remember what movie we saw I remember what I had on, and you're thinking, that is such a little lie. Why are you bringing that up? Because it's just a picture of how easy it was for me to self-protect. And that lie did not stop. So from there on out, I could not have sleepovers on Friday nights because I was committed to running with my daddy on Saturday morning. <laughs> I mean, I even had somebody say, well, I know you're not coming because you run with your dad every Saturday morning. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean... A little lie I needed to perpetuate continually. So what does this look like practically for us? I have a, so four examples I want us to think through, okay? Manipulation, gossip and slander, one second, self-hatred, and a failure to bear, bear witness to the truth. So first, manipulation. One of the ways that I think we bear false witness is through manipulation. When you think about your own life, how do you um, cultivate the facade of who you are? Social media is obviously the one that stands out. But even if you're not in the social media age, what are ways that you put up this facade of, I've got it together, I'm fine? There's, that's a sense of bearing false witness, that we are manipulating things at all costs so that we have this appearance. 
none of us escapes the reality of bearing false witness. So manipulation. Number two, gossip and slander. This is where I think this uh, commandment is so sneaky for us as Christians. I can't tell you the number of times I've said, hey, I want you to pray for something. So-and-so is fill in the blank. It is my way to cover up gossip. I took it and I tied it in a nice, pretty pink bow and delivered the morsel out as a prayer request. But my heart's intent was the gossip and slander. I think this is where for Christians, especially women, we are just implicit in our, in our desire, in our ability to sin. Um, so here's the question. When is the last time someone asked you about someone else? Someone said, hey, so Kate, this happened to me recently. Hey, Casey, I've got a question about so-and-so. I heard they're going through a divorce. And my first response was to be like, heck, yeah, I can answer this. And I said, I can't answer that. And I hung up the phone, and I was just, I cannot believe I did that. And now I've embarrassed her for asking me. And, I, and there was just such freedom. Like, that's the first, I, I really think there are probably, I can count on my hand, on one hand, how many times I've shut down gossip like that. How about for you? Do you feel the freedom, especially among believers, to say, I can't answer that? It would be too hurtful. Okay? Um, Self-hatred. This is a hard one, especially for women, and I don't think this stops at a certain age. I don't think you get out of your 20s or 30s and you're like, okay, I just, I love myself. But self-hatred is this, you might, you might, you can tell me. I I would love that. It would be fabulous. But... um, Self-hatred is a sense of bearing false witness against ourselves. Have you thought about that? That we, what God has said is good, the way that God has made you, the way he has created your body, the way he has given you your voice, the way he's given you your gifts, your talents, they're from him. And to say, I hate that, is bearing false witness against what he has said is good. Again, it's so subtle. But I think it's so, it's so um, deadly is not the right word, but it's so damaging. I think it's so damaging. Okay, for those of you that have sat through the first three and you're like, I'm good. I, I haven't done any of those things. I, I've got this. How about failure to bear witness to the truth? For those of you who are a little bit older generation, and maybe you don't run with gossips as much as maybe... 20, 30, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds do. But you know the gossip, and you've heard it, and you haven't shut it down. We have a responsibility as children of the king to shut down and to bear witness to truth. So I want to ask you, are you willing to bear witness to the truth? Are you willing to come to somebody my age or come to a 20-year-old or 30-year-old and say, hey, I know I don't know you well, or I know you well, and I love you, and I overheard this, and I want to invite you to go and confess that to them and apologize. And bear witness to one another. Are we willing to do that? It is so much easier to take the juicy gossip. Y'all, it, it is like, y'all know that feeling when you learn something, and you're like, ooh, that tastes so good. And it tastes good coming out, and then you get it out, and you're like, oh just talked about somebody made in the image of God. 
Okay, so the, there's a struggle that we have with a false, like a, a, a struggle with falsehood, and then there's a hope. Here's the hope, the beauty of truth. Um, well, it, I think some of you have heard me tell this, this illustration, but well into the 20th century, they would send canaries, the little birds, into coal mines for coal miners because the, coal, the canaries are really sensitive to the gases, specifically um, carbon monoxide. And so when, the, when a miner is down in the coal mine and they hear the birds chirping, they hear the canaries chirping, they know they're safe because there's no, there's no gases. When the canaries stop chirping, they know they're in trouble and they get out or they put on a respirator because the canaries are more sensitive. Because that's not as humane, they've stopped doing that and they actually made a little alarm, so don't freak out. But the canaries are truth-tellers. Listen, listen to this from Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 53. I just, I love it. I love this passage. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Do you see the insane beauty of the gospel? All of our gossip, all of our slander, all of our failure to bear false, I mean, to bear truth and to spread lies, paid, paid by him. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted. The Lord Jesus took on the iniquity of us all. That's our hope. What do we do with this thing right here that causes so much trouble, that has the ability to bless and curse? We run to Jesus. That's our hope. Let me read one more verse. John 8, 31 to 32. If you'll write these down, you can read them later. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Y'all, don't you long for a life of freedom and honesty? It is so exhausting to keep up the lie. It's so exhausting to be in the know. Are you one of the women that are in the know? That you're the phone call when people say, hey, I want to know what's going on with this gossip. You're the phone call. It is hard to be that. I have been that so many times. What would it look like to bring that, to, to go layers deeper? Why am I lying? What am I trying to hide? Um, it's exhausting to live like that. And Jesus invites us as daughters of the King to run to him and to use this to bless, not to curse. Um, another question. When have you gone to someone and confessed your slander or hurt? I, again, I have very few times. There are so many conversations I need to have, even in this room, of confession. When have you done that? There is such freedom in confession. We, confession is not repentance, just a side note. But repentance doesn't happen outside of confession. So what would it look like for us to confess and repent and say, hey, I realize this is going to make me look terrible, but I've been hiding this and I've spoken poorly of you when I could have, or I've kept silent when I could have spoken well of you. 
What, would that, what kind of freedom would that bring? Um, while this commandment is first addressing false witness, what if the beauty on the flip side of this commandment is not just a love of truth in the abstract, but is truth in relationship to one another? Truth looks like being above board in how we communicate to and about others. It's honesty in our expense reports for work. It's integrity about how we spend money. It's honesty with a roommate who has wronged you instead of harboring bitterness. It is not being complicit in church gossip. Y'all, if this commandment was truly followed, what would it produce? What would it look like in IPC? And I think this may be a stretch, but I think God is working a mighty thing in this church with gossip, and it has been so beautiful to see. In my, I've been a member here for 24 years, and I've seen gossip shrink and shrink and shrink, and us get more and more and more healthy. And that's, it makes sense. It's a, call, it's a commandment. But what would it produce in this church? Not just IPC as a whole, but for women at IPC. What would it produce to start being honest and, and take people's image of God seriously and watch our words? And not just watch them, but apologize for the ways that we've, we've wronged. John Owen says, to be killing sin or sin will be killing you. The invitation for us is to, to, to ask, Where is Jesus, where is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit convicting you? Where are the canaries chirping? And another way to ask it, have the canaries stopped chirping? Have we so numbed this area of our lives with lying and deceit and bearing false witness that we can't even hear the Spirit's promptings anymore? A little Reformed thought for you. In the Westminster Confession... Sean's going to be so proud that I'm doing this. In the Westminster Confession in chapter 5 on God's providence, you can Google it or read it if you have a copy, but it talks about God withdrawing himself for a season from his people. And the reason he does that is to turn us over to our sin. We keep denying him and denying him, denying him. He's like, I'm going to turn you over so you'll come back to me. I wonder in a room this size, how many of us have been turned over to our bearing false witness. I want to invite you to invite him back. Ask the Lord to come back and and prick your heart, prick my heart. Yeah. And run in paths of truth. We have two two distinct paths before us. A path that is a life of falsehood, lying, manipulation, and injustice. But we also have a path that deals in truth and honesty and love and justice. And Jesus has done everything necessary to offer us the second path. Do you believe that? That's our hope. Let's pray. What hope? Father, don't leave us here washed in shame. For every look at our sin, for every look at our... um, heinous words to one another or about one another or our unholy tongue, let us look, let us take a hundred looks at the cross, not just two. 
Father, wash us by the blood of Jesus. Let that be our hope, not ourselves. We ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, thank you all. Um, Lisa mentioned in, she's like, what are you doing? Lisa mentioned in her talk the first day about Thon trying to raise money to get cow, to buy cows for his future wife's dad. So it's called a dowry, for those of you who don't know. Um, Thon, who works here, was a lost boy from Sudan. And a few of us have had the idea to help him raise some of the money. I've gotten approval from everybody at the top down. And I wasn't going to announce this tonight, but I was pushed to, and I hope this is okay. Okay, good. Um, he needs $5,200. She is. This is a um, mutual relationship. Somebody asked me that in Sunday school a couple weeks ago. Does she want to be married to him? <laughs> she does. Fair question. They have been dating on the phone, talking, communicating, and he is, um, Michael, who also works here, did the same thing years and years ago. Michael has a son that's my son's age, so he's 14. So a long time ago, he brought his bride over. So we would like to, this is not an IPC thing necessarily, y'all are just getting because you're members, but um, Colton and I and a few other people are taking up money to help him bring her over here. So if you would like to be part of that, I have gotten so many Venmos that have a, just a picture of a cow, and I have cackled. I'm like, this is so good. But uh, Thon is just a really godly man. And I was talking to Gogo today about what a great husband he will be. And he desires to bring her over. Um, and so if you would like to be a part of that in any way, I'm taking up money and we'll do that through this Sunday and then hopefully get him a check sooner than later. We have about 2800 already in. Um, I mean, that was just like within a matter of six days. It was so beautiful. So... Moo. There's my, that's my announcement. Thank you. Okay, thank you. The Venmo is Casey Cockrum, C-A-S-E-Y-C-O-C-K-R-U-M. And then um, the PayPal is Casey Cockrum at Gmail, or you can write a check. Um, yeah, that's it. Made out to Casey Cockrum, to me. And I will deposit, thank you, I will deposit it, and I'll write. I'll, we're going to figure out the best way to do that, to get it to, to Thon. Yeah, Robert's helping me. C-A-S-E-Y-C-O-C-K-R-U-M. And it may ask you, are you sure you want to send money to this person? And the last four digits of my phone number are 5536, if it asks you that. Because it may ask you just to... Yeah, and I can extend it a little bit longer, but I'd love, love to do it by Sunday. So thank you all for hearing that. Um, I will be at church on Sunday, or you can get it to Lisa, right, Lisa? Or you can leave it at the front desk, and I can grab it. Anyway, okay, thank you all.
test, test. It's not on. Is it working? Is this working? Hey, y'all, one more announcement before you, before you um, scatter.